And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we'll use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's a big thing. It's a little late later today. We've still got it out today. I'm glad we did. Glad we got it out a little later today because had I done it on the regular time this morning, I would have missed the news. Apparently in the first script, Darth Maul was running around trying to chase uh, Obi-Wan. Well, a lot of people would have been really happy with that. Um, and then there was some behind-the-scenes stuff that made it not happen. And then there's other people who say, nah, he was never supposed to be in it in the first place. What the hell was true? What wasn't true? Who the hell knows? We also have Harley Quinn. The uh, animated spinoff is coming. That was, uh, I think, announced by HBO Max. Batman did really, really well once again in the theater. Parents are pissed off about Disney Plus putting more adult shit out there. R.I.P. to the great legend William Hurt. And uh, and at the time of this recording, um, the great Scott Hall, WWE legend, is uh, being taken off life support. And at the time of this recording, has not passed, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Pay honor to both the great gentlemen. Um, all right, listen. We got a lot going on here today, and do me a favor if you can subscribe to this channel if you haven't done it. Show a little way. Um, subscribe to us. Hit the like button. Hit the notification button. All that stuff. It's very very important. It's very important, and it helps out tremendously. But it's gonna be a fun show. I'm taking some of your questions at the end of the show also. So let's get into it. It's me. It's you. It's the big thing. Let's do it. Ah! What's up, everybody? It's a big thing. It's Monday. It's late. But hey, maybe give us something to do tonight. Something to watch. Something to listen to. I'm excited. Because there is some stuff to talk about. I'm going to read this report right away. Let's just get right into this Darth Maul thing. Because that's the, uh, that is the big thing of today. Let's talk about it. There he is. Darth Maul, ladies and gentlemen. Here's, here's, this is from the uh, Hollywood Reporter. And it comes from, um, who the hell wrote this thing? Boris Kitt and Aaron Couch. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi will include plenty of familiar faces when it debuts May 25th. But one Star Wars fan favorite will be notably absent. Darth Maul, who was a chief antagonist of Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, who first appeared in Star Wars Episode One, is not expected to appear in the series. But sources tell The Hollywood Reporter not only was the Sith Lord initially slated to return as a key villain, actor Ray Park was in active prep to reprise Maul. That, however, was before those scenes were scrapped amid a creative overhaul that ultimately saw other antagonists, including Darth Vader, added to the show. Hussein Amani was the original writer who worked with Deborah Chow on the six-episode uh, series. And while it was reported that pre-production paused in early 2020 because Lucasfilm was unhappy with the scripts, the reasoning behind the, the pause was a little more layered. According to sources, 
Deborah Chow showed scripts to Star Wars stewards Dave Filoni and John Favreau, who are coming off the success of The Mandalorian, freshly launched in November 2019, and deep into work on season two. Sources noted that Filoni and Favreau were concerned about Obi-Wan covering similar grounds as Mandalorian, the lone wolf and cub-like story of Kenobi coming out of hiding to protect a, a child-aged Luke Skywalker. Maul was one of the villains who had participated in the hunt for the pair. Vader was nowhere to be found in this faraway galaxy of the stage, according to those with knowledge of the project. Also, Filoni and Favreau pushed Chow and the show to go bigger, according to several sources. In any case, those concerns made their way to Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy, who, pre who pressed the pause button. So Joby Harold was eventually hired as the show's new writer. It's unclear how far along the process uh, things were, excuse me, it's how... It's unclear how far along in the process things initially unraveled. A boy was chosen to play young Skywalker, but no scenes with him were shot. As far as Park's mall goes, the picture is more cloudy. One source says the park was on set for pre-production and was also involved in stunt training. The source says that footage of Park may have been shot, although another source says it could have been test footage. Whatever the, the case was, Park was back as mall, or so he believed. In the overhaul... Maul was written out. One source says it was Filoni that conceptually keyed in on a way for Vader to be brought back as the big bad with the Grand Inquisitor, a character made popular by Filoni in the animated series Star Wars Rebels, also put into the story. A Lucasfilm source contradicted the account, saying Maul was never intended to return for the series. The overhaul also led to a search for, new, for a young Skywalker, and a new actor was picked. THR has learned that the new Luke is Grant Feely, whose only credit, according to IMDb, is an episode of Creepshow. Maul stands as one of the most popular villains, villains in Star Wars lore, appearing in animated series including Clone Wars and Rebels, which depicted the final battle between Maul and Kenobi. Maul returned to live action for a cameo in Solo that suggested there was more for the actor to do, and Solo bombed, um, scuttling those plans, but soon fans speculated he could appear in Obi-Wan, which never made sense to me. I never speculated that. I don't think that's uh, too fair. Given that Maul was responsible for the death of Obi-Wan's master, Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn. The first trailer for Obi-Wan launched March 9th and gave viewers a look at, you, at McGregor back as Obi-Wan. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's it. All right, a lot, lot, to, lot to break down here. Lots to break down here. Um, all right, so as far as Vader never being in this thing, I don't buy it for a heartbeat for a second or smidge, whatever the hell you want to say. I don't buy it. Um, the, now, the TV show portion of it, maybe. The script, the original script, the movie script that came out, which they don't mention, Vader was in that thing for sure. Um, now, the question is, once they turned it into a series, did they decide to start going in another way, which is very possible. And you never know at this point when people confirm or don't confirm and say, no, 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 everybody lies. Andrew Garfield, who I love, everybody lies about what's real and what's not and what they want you to know and what they don't. So, uh, so much to, to go over here. Lots to go over here. Uh, hell, we could do a whole show on this to be honest with you. But, um, but let's start, let's start with that. The, um, they, 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 let's say that they did write this in what I think it potentially could have could have happened is if they wrote Maul in, um, Filoni's probably going to say right away, that doesn't make any sense how he's in there. Why, why, is, why is he in there? He shouldn't, he shouldn't be in there. He should take him out of there because we set up that he doesn't find Kenobi for a bit. And plus, at this point, he is, um, yeah, he's probably running through the crime syndicate or whatever he's doing. 
So that's that's part one. Um, now part two, I'm gonna try to clean this up. It's slowing down for me for some reason. I don't know what. To, let me let me let me let me try to see if I can clear some memory off this thing. Everybody, hold on a second. I don't know why it does this sometimes. Sometimes it just kind of slows down on me. I think I just have a lot of uh, I got a lot of stuff. I think I got a lot of stuff, but that's all right. That's all right. Let's do this. All right. I'm gonna go this. I'm gonna go this. I'm gonna cross my fingers and hope I just didn't delete anything that I needed to delete. All right. Hopefully that works. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, by taking him out, it doesn't really it doesn't make a lot of sense to do, to do that to to um to put him in the show because of because of rebels and everything that was going on with rebels um we set it up in, in rebels that he finally found him after years of searching and then oh he's on tatooine and knows to have a, to put him in there at that point the lone cub thing i understand like I, I and i'm glad again if this is if this turns out to be a true story i'm glad that they had that note because who the hell wants to see that again um, and just Obi-Wan, like, that was the thing that when people would bring that up to me, like, oh, Obi-Wan's just got to stay on, uh, on Tatooine just look after Luke the whole time. Ugh. That was boring. Who the hell wants that the whole damn time? I love the idea that they're combining Rebels and the Inquisitor and Vader and all that together. That makes sense. So it was, I mean, look, and what people aren't doing here that they should be doing is giving Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy some... Some props, if it is indeed the case that she said, hey, 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 let's not go through this again. Why don't you guys figure this out? Let's pause. Let's calm down. We Look, we have the pandemic that's going on right now. We can breathe. We can take a, a second to not r rush out this series. Chill. Figure it out. Come back. And that is potentially what could have happened. Um, I, I don't know. But... The fact that Maul was ever in this thing, I'm glad that, that, that this is, but this is an overall good thing in general for what is happening now with the television series that was never happening with the movies. Because now there seems to be an overall team, and obviously, and Deborah Chow, who I've, I don't know if I've been as excited as is for what she's doing, and I think, again, I don't know how much, how true any of this shit is that they're reporting, but if it is, if it's all, if it, let's say a lot of it is true, and she didn't just say, "Well, this is the this is what I this is what we're doing. This is what we're making." She went and she said to Dave Filoni and Favreau, who she trusts and she's had great rapport with, "What do you guys think? What's your overall thoughts about this? I want I, I respect you guys' thoughts and opinions on it. What do you think?" And if they came back and said, "Well, it's similar to the thing. You want to switch it up a little bit more," and Filoni said, "What do you put the Inquisitor in there?" And instead had Vader in there. Do you think that could work? And then does that work for what you're thinking, your vision wise? And they all sat down. That's where this team of creatives working where star Wars fans go, Oh, okay. We got that again. Cause we haven't had that in a long time. It was like, JJ, make your movie, Ryan, make your movie, JJ, make your movie. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike, not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess for elite athletes only. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And the one guy who was actually tying stuff together, the other stuff put together, got fired. So um, this, is a, this is a good thing. It's, and, and I'm 
I've never been. I think it makes no sense for what was set up for for Maul to be in it. I don't. I don't want Maul in it at all. I love Maul. Want to see him more so in Crimson Dawn, and see how they're going to play that. That is um, is going to be great. That's going to be great. So um, if they ever do that, Crimson Dawn to do that whole series and set that up from Solo. That's how I always wanted to see any of that stuff play out. Because they said that was the most interesting part of Solo, I thought, for me, was that Crimson Dawn Syndicate and all the stuff that they set up with Kira at the end and to build Amelia Clark back on TV, but in the Star Wars world, that'd be great. Um, but to have him in, in Kenobi, it doesn't make any sense. We know that we know where it ends. We know what happens and we know how. And to have them just kind of shoehorn in another battle. See, I and I know some people will argue with the fact that think that that's the that's what was set up with, with Vader. See, I don't think that. I don't think, I think there's a lot of open-ended stuff that they had, especially in Revenge of the Sith. In Revenge of the Sith, Padme says to him, there's still good in him. Now, at this point, Obi-Wan thinks that, when, when she says that, Obi-Wan thinks she's he, just burned up and dead. So he's like, eh, I don't know much good. But then if he wakes up, snaps out of it, and goes, oh, holy crap, my friend's still alive. And his wife told me that there's still good in him. I got to, I I got to figure that out. I got to sense it. I got to go see. Then that plays into Re- Return of the Jedi. There's still good in you, Father. I can feel it. Obi-Wan once felt as you did. When? And for people who are arguing, so, oh, he felt, he, felt that, he, he felt that when he went to go get him. He was going there to kill him. And, and Padme knew it. When, at what point did Obi-Wan ever feel there was, there was still good left in him and, until Padme said that to him? And Sith. So that's why that angle makes so much more sense to me. And I'm very, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to find out what really happened behind the scenes as far as I thought that would, from from my understanding was that's what the script of the of the film was going to be about. And then maybe they, they came back to it. So I don't know. Maybe they switched it up more. But I know that when Kathleen Kennedy announced this thing, at, what was it? Was it D23, I think? She said that it's going to be like that epic rematch. So I loved the trailer. I think the majority of people who saw it, I mean, there were some people who didn't love it necessarily, and people are bitching about the Inquisitor's head. Who cares? It's a head. It's a, it's a head. You know? It's like, that's the kind of shit where I, I just, I, you know, who cares? If, it, if the character's good, who cares? You know? It's like, it's for, for people who are introduced to him the whole time, if he looks really ridiculous and... It, and it's just a big round head, and you can't look at that stupid head the whole time. You just look at his dumb head, then yeah, that'll be distracting. But if he's menacing, who cares? Pinhead or or, or not? And so I was like, well, the species in Revenge of the Sith, it's skinny heads. Everyone, you don't know, you don't, you don't know a human with a big fat head and a, and a human with a skinny head. Fat heads and skinny heads, who cares. So either way, um, interesting report, good report. Uh, a Hollywood reporter there and showing the, I think it, it says a lot. I think it really does say a lot about the team and the way that they look at things and the way that they're tying things, where they ultimately landed is a good thing. For at least from the trailers anyway. I haven't seen, you haven't seen the show obviously, but from the trailers, combining the original trilogy, the prequels and the animated series, all three of them look like they're all intertwined. That's a thing I've been, I've been hoping for forever with Star Wars and it's, and it's, seems to be coming to fruition so um could 
turned out to have been a great change. Could have turned out to have been, never had been a change in the first place, and it was just not a real report. As far as Ray Park being there, I mean, look, he's been part of the Star Wars family for a long time, so maybe he was helping out with some other things. Was he actually playing Darth Maul? Was he in some potential flashback scenes with Darth Maul? Was he actually a character in Darth Maul? Who knows? I don't. Do you? Um, that's from uh, the great Dom Herrera. So, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Before before we do, I do want to tell you guys, ladies and gentlemen. I know that I've told you once before. I'm going to tell you again. My bookie, my bookie. I'm glad to be working with my bookie. Just started working with them uh, recently. I've been happy about it because March is it's here. You guys know that. And the madness has begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Predict winners in each round of the MyBookie bracket contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a Doodle NFT, currently valued at over 50000 and over 100000 more in cash prizes. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today with MyBookie and use that code BIGTHING to make your first deposit, earning a free entry into the MyBracket contest. Select for the bracket, excuse me, selections for the bracket will officially begin on March 13th, and it's going to close on March 17th at 12 p.m. So make sure you get your deposit in now with BIGTHING to secure that free entry. Use that code BIGTHING. Go to MyBookie, sign up. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, as I mentioned to you guys, there's um there's a lot of stuff to talk about today. There's a lot to talk about. Maul's one of those things, obviously. There's Harley Quinn. Yeah, man. She got some stuff going down. She got some stuff going down. And the big thing that was going on with her is HBO Max is reportedly developing a spinoff of its acclaimed animated Harley Quinn series titled Noonan's. Well, that. Announced as part of the Not Kidding Around, Warner Brothers Animation and the reimagining of iconic characters for an adult audience panel at South by Southwest, Warner Brothers executives and Harley Quinn co-creator Patrick Shoemaker uh, reportedly teased the spinoff, which is still early in development. Should it go forward, the series would follow Kite Man as he buys Noonan's Bar, a dive bar hangout for the hitman and henchmen of Gotham, Shoemaker says. He tries to run the bar by himself, but it doesn't turn out so easy. We have Harley and Ivy appear in the first episode. But after that, we have different goons and villains appearing every episode, like Lex Luthor and Bane. It would be kind of like cheers for supervillains. Schumacher also teased a, a, a bit about the third season of Harley Quinn, which will include an episode that's a big love letter to Batman, the animated series. We even got some original backgrounds for the show that we use in the episode. In addition, James Gunn will be making an appearance in the upcoming series as himself in the show. He'll be directing a movie about Thomas Wayne. That's awesome. Um, that comes from uh, Slash Film. Okay. So, all right, here's, here's the thing I will say about Harley Quinn is that I hear it is um, just an amazing, amazing, amazing animated series. What I can honestly say is I have not seen it yet. I know everybody tells me how much I love it and how much I, um, I should check it out because it's right up my alley and um, it's just, it's kind of off the walls. So I'm, um, I'm on board with, with checking it out. And I'm also on board if, it, if it's popular enough and you guys think it's a, it's a, good, uh, it's a good switch up to make it a, a spinoff. Go for it, man. DC's, DC knows what they're doing right now. It's really, their stuff is working, and their stuff is funny. Um, and it's that fact that James Gunn's going to pop into the series and stuff that's it's hilarious. But I, 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 I love this. I, I, really, I really do. I, I, like, I like what they're, 
what they're doing at the moment. And I'm, I'm, um, have been, I mean, obviously you guys have seen all my Peacemaker reviews. Maybe you've seen them, but I reviewed Peacemaker, got a chance to talk to Freddie Stroma. Um, I think, and that's the, the comedy side of it with the Suicide Squad and then the Batman. I think the setting up a new, um, setting up that new structure they're 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 in a rhythm right now so i i should really check out harley quinn the the animated series and now they're doing a spin-off as well so their animation obviously has been something that's been working for them now switching from from harley quinn to ah that's something else do that later sorry about that what's the next one next one we got here oh i got to talk about the great razor ramon talk about scott hall Let's talk about that. I don't. I mean, we'll we'll probably go back to back here on. Um, I, this this bummed me out, man. I think that there was. I saw something recently. I'll tell you. I got to be honest with you. I was a little kind of. Uh, it kind of brought back bad memories with Schnepp, to be honest, because he um he had a he had like hip replacement or something. He they did a picture of him when he said did a hip replacement. So I'm like, all right, he's gonna be all right. Just gonna get hip replacement. There's complications from the damn surgery or whatever it was. Realtor.com's oh, drawn map feature helped on, us find man. what we want. In the middle of talking here. Assholes. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, uh, here, here's, here's, here's what happened. Scott Hall, uh, WWE and WCW star, is going to be taking off life support after having major health difficulties. Thanks to Realtor. Right. Listen, you guys, we found stop this, this. Awesome new condo fast. And we moved stop. So I don't want to hear your ads. We're already having our stop it. Kyle over for dinner. Shut up. I am jealous. Have some respect. Fuck. All right. This ad pops up again. It's the last time I ever go to this site. I'll tell you that. Pink Villa. Back to the report. Sorry about that. All right. Scott Hall, WWE and WCW stars, we taken off life support after having major health difficulties, according to his friend Kevin Nash, who received the news on social media, who revealed the news on social media. According to the professional wrestling newspaper PW Torch, Hall is on life support after complications from hip replacement surgery earlier this month. Hall, unfortunately, also had three heart attacks on Saturday night. Fuck me. Oh, man. That's horrible. Kevin Nash, Hall's longtime friend and pro wrestling colleague, announced on Sunday night on Instagram he'll be taken off life support once his family is in place. Scott's on life support. Once his family is in place, they will discontinue life support. Further road, I'm going to lose one person on this planet I've spent more of my life with than anyone else. My heart's broken, and I'm so very fucking sad. I love I love Scott with all my heart, and now I have to prepare my life without him in the present. As per people, alongside his distinctive toothpick between his lips, Hall cemented his position in pro wrestling history with Nash when they joined forces with Hogan to establish the New World Order, commonly known as NWO while at WCW. The villainous alliance aided WCW's popularity in the late 90s, momentarily elevating the business to the top attraction in pro wrestling. After WCW was bought by WWE, the two would continue as a as members of the NWO. Hall was in, inducted into the WWE's Hall of Fame twice, first in 2014 and again in 2020 as a member of the NWO. Oh, man. this That's terrible. Uh, pretty terrible. Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, definitely 
my childhood and college and I mean he was he was monumental as they mentioned with um I mean in the early WWF days or not early but in the WWF days he was such a big figure taking that Razor Ramon kind of taking his persona from Tony Montana and and just having a great run over there and then as he left and uh, for those people who are not familiar with it there was a big war with uh, the WWF and WCW and when Razor Ramon who was really Scott Hall when Scott Hall went over to WCW with Kevin Nash they did this big angle man and it was like that because it was it was kind of on you don't realize it as much to us it was so unheard of that you would ever even see a WWF talent on WCW television so and those guys were massive stars so when they showed up you do yourself even if you're not into wrestling or you or you're into it now or into it back then just do yourself a, a favor and search when Hall and Nash crashed WCW. It's just such an iconic moment. And then this big bash at the beach moment when Hogan, who was like the ultimate good guy, joined those two guys and formed the NWO. Um, it was a big moment and there's some iconic moments. And, and it's crazy how it's just like just like that, man. Life, it's like I told you, it just brings back a lot of shitty memories. And, um, and to have, you know, he just has to have hip replacement and he's just had a lot of, and, he, and I think, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't know how accurate I am in this. And I, I know that he had some substance problems and things, but I think that he had started to clean himself up a while and he'd been, he'd been pretty good for a bit. And, and I just think that his body is probably just taking a lot of, just taking a lot of hits and then going through this surgery and the, through the surgery and winds up having, you know, three heart attacks. Uh my heart breaks for for his family and and for Nash and all those people. I mean, you you, you knew how close those two cats were. So that's a bummer, man. That's a bummer. Um, that sucks. So I mean, again, at the time of this recording, he hasn't passed. But they're gonna they're gonna take him off life support. So um, yeah, the great Scott Hall. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. And I'm sorry to be bummer for everybody out there. Sorry, Scott Hall, though, man. Um, let's move to some happier news. We'll move to some happier news. How about that? It looks like um, we're going to get a new director on on Deadpool. Scott Levy, right, is going to be taking over. So, Scott Levy, Sean Levy. Sorry, I was like Scott Levy. Who am I? Who am I talking? Maybe you say things and you know you say it wrong in your head. You're like, no, that's not right. Sean Levy. Sorry, Sean Levy is is directing. Deadpool 3. This is an interesting point of news. And Deadpool 3 has been in development for years now. And today the superhero film finally took a major step forward with the announcement that Sean Levy will be directing the project. The choice in director is significant given the star that Reynolds has worked with Levy now on last year's hit comedy Free Guy and The Adam Project. The latter film releases uh, released on Netflix. Reynolds shared a photo of his character from his previous two Levy films, Adam Reed and Free Guy with Deadpool. They are, let's see, do I have that? I don't have the picture. It's, whatever. Um, let's see. They, they are in the same blue-tinted field from the Adam Project's poster. With, and on the Twitter, Reynolds said, the third film in, the, in my Sean Levy trilogy will be a tad more stabby. And Reynolds' signature sense of humor is shining through his posts as both his two, two films will have been more family-friendly ventures. Uh, the Deadpool franchise has been one wild ride, blah, 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 blah. 
However, since the merger, Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Feige talking with Collider had rest assured fans that there that would not be the case that it would be brought down to PG-13. The film will be rated R, even though there are no plot details yet. Levy has built a quite a career. Okay, no, 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 no. so anyway, um, this is a this is a I think this is really good news, and I'll tell you for a lot of different reasons. One, I haven't seen Adam Project yet. I've been trying to get my freaking family to watch it. No one will watch it with me, and I tried to watch it with. Um, I thought my daughter would definitely want to watch it. She didn't want to watch it. And my wife was like, this isn't for me. She liked Free Guy, but it's like I guarantee she's probably going to wind up liking it. But I'm going to watch the damn thing anyway, and then I'll do a review of it. But I am going to watch it. The hell with these people. I'll watch it myself. Anyway, really liked Free Guy. Really liked Sean Levy a lot. Um, and I think that um, I think that this is a good this is good because they're they're rapport. And it also just show how much power Ryan Reynolds has too. Because it's like, you know, Tim Miller was part of it, and then he wasn't. You know, and it's like, I think that this is um, this is going to be a, a big movie, obviously, for Levy. I think that by able to switch it, going a little away from the family friendly, but they have a good rapport, the two of them. Reynolds knows the character very well. I think that he's going to pretty much be co-directing, too, which is fine. Which is fine. You want him to kind of co-direct on this thing. This is the third one. He knows the character well. And if this is a passion project for him, he loves it. And and I think Levy's going to be the guy to kind of come in and, and help with this. So I think this is great news for the franchise. The bigger question is, as they mentioned in Collider Report, is where where's it going to land as far as what? PG-13, R, it can't land at PG-13. People will lose their minds. And I'll tell you, if they would have started the franchise off at PG-13, fine. But they didn't. It was the first two were hard R. Reynolds, Feige, they said, no, it's staying R. And I think with the introduction now of this Disney thing that we'll talk about in a second, too, the fact that Disney's going to start putting on more rated R stuff on their platforms with just different, you know, um, ways that you can access it, I think it makes sense, and they should do it that way. The question is, how much does it blend into the other MCU stuff? Don't know. But it, that's a, that's that's good, though. That's a, that's a good... I think that's a good um, good pairing there for sure. All right, what's next? Well, we got him already. We don't need him. Uh, we don't need. Oh, I, I was talking about Darth Maul, not not Scott Hall. We do need him. Need him to to stick around. Just uh, oh, hate that story. All right, and here's another one that I don't like either. William Hurt. William Hurt passed away. And how, I don't even know how William Hurt passed away, to be honest with you. I'm not sure. But he was Oscar winner William Hurt. He passed away at the age of 71. Pretty young. According to a statement from his family, he passed away from natural causes. 71? Was surrounded by friends and family at the time. Just a few years out of drama school, Hurt made a screen debut with the lead role in Ken Russell's famously twisted 1980s sci-fi feature, Altered Stage, which led to a string of roles that... Uh, that decade and plenty of films still famous today. Body Heat, Big Chill, Gorky Park, The Accidental Tourist. He scored Oscar nominations uh, that decade for his work in Children of a Lesser God and Broadcast News, along with the winning Best Oscar Oscar for Kiss of the Spider, Kiss of the Spider Woman. In the 1990s, film including Wim Wenders' Under the End of the World, Until the End of the World, excuse me, Woody Allen's Alice, Anthony Minghella's Mr. Wonderful, Wayne Wang's Smoke, and Franco Zaffirelli's Jane Eyre. Hurt also made a detour into more commercial fare with Nora Ephron's Michael and Alex Proy's Dark City. I love him in Dark City. Dark City's great. Leading to the 2000s with AI, 
Changing Lanes, The Village, Lost in Space, the mid-2000s saw a renaissance, a history of violence, Syriana, The Good Shepherd, Mr. Brooks, what a career, and Into the Wild, and then Marvel films, The Incredible Hulk, Black Widow, Civil War, and so on and so on. Robin Hood, Winner's Tale, uh, The Host. I mean, this guy's been in, he was in so many movies. On TV, he was, da- he was in Damages, Too Big to Fail, Moby Dick, um, and so on and so on. So, yeah, man, 71. That, I, I don't know, natural causes, but he um, that sucks to lose him also. So the last couple of days, man, losing some legends, legends. William Hurt, I, I mean, it's funny because those are the first movie, and you heard the resume of, of great films that he had in his career, but um, I always think of Dark City. I love Dark City. I think Dark City is a very underrated movie. It's, it was The Matrix before The Matrix was The Matrix. It was the, it was the first Matrix, and it's a great movie. I love that movie, and yeah, he was, he was, in that, he was the cop in that movie. Um, so, yeah, William Hurt, man, that was, that was a bummer when I saw that one and then followed it up with Scott Hall. These last two days have been shit. But yeah, my I was condolences to his family and and uh it's always it's it's sad when you lose it's like it also just shows you getting older, man, in general. These people that you watched when you were a kid, you know, it's like, you know, life gets you. Life gets you. Um all right, moving on. Let's let's move on. All right, let's see what's next. We did that. Okay, that's that. That's here's the story that I wanted. That we're speaking of Disney and parents getting all pissed off about the shit going down with the. I I don't care. I'll tell you right now. And I I got two kids. I talk about my kids all the time, but um, but this this is a report about this is for Garth Franklin over at Dark Horizons. The Parents Television and Media Council, which is a conservatory uh, group founded to bring back responsibility and family values to the entertainment industry. Okay has issued an open letter in regards to this coming week's change to Disney Plus services in the United States. Months ago, Disney Plus updated parental controls for its global service outside the U.S. due to the inclusion of the star section with Disney Plus, which allowed for adult content to be shown from Hulu, FX, uh, 20th Century Studios, and more. Now, those updated parental controls are coming to the U.S. in time for the services update this coming week, which will see various Marvel series like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and they're going to join the Marvel section of the app. This will mark the first time that TVMA and Borderline Rated R content will be included in the service in the United States. Borderline Rated R? What the hell are you talking about? Daredevil is super rated R. Anyway, until now, has generally been regulated to the company's sister streamer, Hulu. In the letter, the group slams Disney's decision to release mature content on what has been marketed as family-friendly platform and amusingly asks what comes next, adding live striptease performances in Fantasyland at Disney World. Come on. The letter goes on to explain their main issue with this move. While we applaud Disney Plus for improving their parental controls, the mere presence of, of mature and rated R content violates the trust of families and may well turn them off entirely. There is no need for Disney Plus to compete with the explicit content on other streaming platforms. What do you mean there's no need? What are you talking about there's no need? You're running a business. There's no need. Are you, are you looking at their, their, their returns? What are you talking about? Don't say that. Don't say that. Disney is already at a competitive advantage with a streaming platform that is the safest one out there for families. It's a foray into TV. Uh, mature rated fare will forever tarnish its family friend, friendly crown. 
I, I guess I understand where you're coming from, but I mean, come on. The shift to include rated R fare hasn't hurt the services overseas where the inclusion of Star with its adult content has increased the subscriber numbers. Yeah. There was, there's been speculation that once Comcast sheds itself of its share of Hulu in 2024, then Hulu may be incorporated into Disney Plus app in the U.S. same way, similar to how Star is overseas. For now, Disney Plus is gearing up for those Marvel Netflix series. And, yeah, man. I mean, come on. I, look, I, I, I get it. I get it. Super conservatives inside uh, in of that side of it. And it's like, you know, you want to protect your kids and everything too. But like, this is, and I never say this type of stuff. This, is, this goes to parenting. My kids know not to turn it on. Kids know there'll be hell to pay if you turn it on. It's not for you. You've got all this other stuff. You don't turn that on. That's not for you. And then you you monitor it. And I know it's not as easy for everybody, and kids can find a way to sneak it, and sometimes more parents are are, are, are maybe they're not around, and they're figuring, okay, now i got to worry about what my kid's watching. Because, But look, there's Netflix, there's these other things. It's like that's the thing that bothers me of what that said in that letter. It was don't tell another, don't tell them how to run their brand. Like, what are you talking about? It's like they're doing the same thing other places do. Like Netflix has tons of kids stuff on, and I get it. It's like, well, Disney has been known as the family-friendly thing. They're not allowed to change their their structure. They're not allowed to change what they want to do. You don't have to subscribe to it. You can unsubscribe to it, and that's your right. But don't tell them like how, what to do, and it's going to tarnish it. Clearly, that's not true because they're like, as it's proven in overseas, they're they're picking up subscribers, and that's that's the goal. I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys are on the other side of it. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't have an issue with it. And I'm and I'm a parent and I'm very protective of my kids and what they're watching. But this this doesn't this doesn't bother me. This is like my my they're they're not gonna they're, my kids aren't gonna watch it. They're not gonna watch that stuff. Um anyway, I don't know. Very curious how what you guys think. Go ahead. Let me know. I wanna know. Tell me. Yes. All right. Some other stuff. This is one that, speaking of which, speaking of which, if you want to talk about stuff that some people are watching, you didn't know you could watch, and all of that, uh, I'm I'm pumped about NordVPN because for me, it's the security of of me, my family, my crew, my audience. It's always very important to to all of us, and one of the main reasons that I've been using. NordVPN is that it's fast and it's a secure service. So what it does is it significantly boosts your online privacy and your security. So what NordVPN does is it enables or encrypts traffic on both the web and mobile that you don't have to worry about using an unsecure website or an app. It's pretty great, especially if you're running around, if you're on the road. And now that we're doing, we're doing studio events and all these types of things and we're, we're out a lot, it's refreshing to me because I'm not worried about who's doing what and behind a unsecured network on a public Wi-Fi network. If I have to email somebody or if I'm managing documents or if I'm talking to people on social media, I know that my phone and I know that my laptop, it's secure because that's what NordVPN does. It makes it very easy to switch, uh, to switch the, the your virtual location. Just one click. You can access streaming stuff we were just talking about that's available in different parts of the world or Netflix uh, overseas. You can just go to nordvpn.com slash big thing. Head on over to nordvpn.com slash big thing. I'm very excited about it. 
So we're very excited to be using them. So make sure that I don't know how much you guys know about them, but if you want, you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to, and you have to use that code, big thing, get a huge discount off of your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free and a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. you got to use that code, big thing, or go to nordvpn.com slash big thing. All right, we have a couple more stories, I think, and then I'm going to take some questions from you guys. It's been a fun show thus far. Thus far, thus far. Uh, what's, what's the next one? Oh, Spider-Man. It's another thing. You talk about things getting leaked and things moving around, and this is probably this is a smart move, I think. They're moving Spider-Man to digital release. Which is good because I've been trying to find some shit for my wife and I to watch. She wants to see this movie and it's finally coming out tomorrow. So um, in the wake of pirates pushing a high quality HD version over the weekend, Sony has opted to move up the digital release of Spider-Man No Way Home by a week instead of March 22nd. It's now going to hit tomorrow, March 15th. Unlike most cinematic universe titles, Spider-Man No Way Home will not be available on the Disney Plus service at this time since the distribution rights are with Sony. Fans will be able to purchase the film through Apple, Amazon, Google Play, Voodoo, and more. The 4K uh, UHD Blu-ray and DVD hasn't changed. and still weeks away, April 12th. Well, I'll be watching it tomorrow anyway. Um, it's smart. Get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. Get it out there. Put it out there for people. You know, if, if it's available, if you have it ready to go, go. They're not going to hit that, whatever is it, the billion, whatever it was. I don't know how many, what they were trying to get money-wise. Either way. Um. Yeah, smart move. What else can we say? It's a smart move. Good move. So we'll watch it tomorrow. How about you guys? You gonna watch it tomorrow or no? Are you gonna be watching Batman again? Because the Batman is uh, crushing, absolutely crushing. If you didn't know that, Batman is annihilating right now. Four hundred million in the second weekend. Boom! And a three-hour movie. That's good. That's real good. With no and has no direct competition. So and Turning Red went to Disney Plus and the Adam Project is on Netflix. So the box office remained fairly unchanged. Matt Reeves, the Batman, held on to the domestic crown with a further sixty six million. It's down for just forty one percent from its debut, which is a better hold than most comic book films. It also pulled in much again from overseas. After ten days, the film has pulled in a very strong two hundred and thirty eight point five million domestically and it crossed a four hundred and sixty million mark. Globally, in fact, domestically, it has already become the second highest grossing film of the past two years, behind only Spider-Man No Way Home. In second was Tom Holland uh, Uncharted with 9.2 in its fourth week, bringing its total to 113 domestic and over 300 million worldwide. It's not bad for that movie. The numbers come as the film has just been banned in Vietnam due to its inclusion of a map depicting contested territorial claims over the South China Sea. Third was the con the concert film. Uh, behind the scenes, permission to dance on stage, Soul, which snagged seven million. The Channing Tatum led dog was fourth with five point three, and Spidey close third, out in fifth with four point seven. The movie's still making four point seven million dollars, and it's coming out tomorrow on digital. Um, that's great for the Batman. Almost five hundred million already. Three hour movie. That's good stuff. You're definitely going to see another one. I am still bummed about the idea that we're just going to wait. Like four years or something before the next one. I hope. I hope it's at least three. I mean, th th three. Maybe three. So, um, yeah, Batman's crushing, man. It's doing really well, as we knew it would. But it's um, and now it's moving on. Matt Reeves has has got himself a, a, another hit. He's 
I, I'm I'm excited for that one to hit on HBO Max because that's a movie I want to see again. And now, and I'm very curious to see now that I've seen it if the length of the film is going to bother me as much as it did the the first time I saw it. Because, like I said, I don't really have a lot of complaints about it. I like two complaints, and then the same thing. I want to see the ending and see how how the ending is going to pan out for me. Um, all right, before we, we get one more for you, and this one's going to be fun. This one's going to be fun, you guys. We've talked about this one. Hey, now, uh oh, get ready, get ready. It's joy mode time, everybody. Because don't you lie. When you're walking around that gas station after losing your minds that gas is like $1,000 a gallon now, and you go in, I'm going to go get a, I'm gonna go get something to eat, it's a Snickers bar or something. You walk in there, and then you're looking at those pills on the side. And you see those, those, you see those erection pills, and you're looking. You go, oh, you don't want to try one of these. What, what's going on? Let me, let me try one. And you all have looked at it, thinking about it, lying bastards. And the problem is if you ever look at what's really going on in those products, they're really terrible for you. This goes for a lot of the stuff that's on the market that claim to help dudes in bed. But who the hell wants to run around with a heart on for four hours? You got nasty side effects, got heart problems, and a possible trip to the hospital to get rid of it. Hey, I can't get my prick down. You don't want that. Wouldn't you rather take a supplemental that is designed to spice things up naturally rather than a prescription drug that can have a harmful effect down the road, Joy Mode is here to save the day. And it doesn't matter if you're happy or unhappy with your performance in the bedroom. Just perform better. Joy Mode's sexual performance booster is like a pre-workout but for sex. You go to great lengths to biohack your way to better mental and physical performance, well, what about the bedroom? Joy Mode makes natural and science-backed sexual wellness products for men. Their sexual performance booster is like a pre-workout, and it's for sex. Now, it's pretty easy to take, too. You just tear over the tear open the sachet and mix it with six to eight ounces of water, just like your favorite electrolyte packet. For best use, you just consume anywhere from 45 minutes to four hours prior to sexual activity, and you'll notice better blood flow, better erection quality and firmness, and increased sexual energy and drive. If you want to spice things up in the bedroom and boost your sexual performance, you do it naturally without any nasty prescription drugs. We have a special offer for the Big Thing audience. You go to joymode.com slash big thing. And you enter big thing. I mean, is that appropriate or what? At checkout for 20% off your first order. Use joymode.com slash big thing for 20% off your first order. Thank you to joymode. All right. You thank me for that one. Significant others can thank me too. Okay. Let's get to some questions. I, I My Facebook page, if you haven't gone there, the link's in the description. Go to the Facebook page, and that's where I ask for some questions. We'll start with this one. Stephanie Liz, Litz, excuse me, Stephanie Litz. I have a question. I have an answer. Will there be any behind-the-scenes episodes for the taping of the new MTS episodes, either the matches or the storyline videos or both? P.S. I'm really loving everything with the new season. Thank you, Stephanie. The answer to that is yes. Um, so one of the options inside of the Patreon that we have, patreon.com slash schmodown, um, we, it's not every month, but there's going to be a behind-the-scenes video that will probably similar to what we did we'll take the footage of certain stuff mix it all together and 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 add some of that add some of that flavor so you can get it behind the scenes we have to figure out which episode which taping day we're going to do it for because the way we do it now we tape it we tape on like a friday and a saturday and we tape a ton of matches and have all the storylines and put them all together and we're we have another shoot coming up soon we may do the behind the scenes for that one not sure yet but yes the answer to that is absolutely we will be doing that and thank you so much for um 
for watching the new season. For people who have not been watching the season, please do it. Go to the Schmodown YouTube channel, and it's it's what if let's say if you're a wrestling fan, it's Monday Night Raw or Dynamite. But instead of wrestling, it's it's movie trivia. For people who are not wrestling fans, it's it's a fun television show with good characters and good um, good drama, but in, in with with all the with all the trivia being real. It's like a soap opera, man. Ryan Field, would you want to see an Obi Wan season two? I also sent you DM of making a sign for your studio. I didn't see the DM, but I will say the um, I, I'm terrible with DMs and, and Instagram. I I have Instagrams from like four years ago that people send me Instagram messages and I looked and I saw some like four years ago. I responded to someone. They were like, I don't even watch your stuff anymore. I don't even know what the, are you still alive? Uh, so yeah, I'm still here, man. Um, so anyway, um. Obi-Wan season two. So I did a report on when I was talking about, I think on the last big thing that I did uh, solo, I saw that there was, that was one of the news stories that Obi-Wan was, there was potential that Kathleen Kennedy said they could work on it and they could do it. Like if we're going off of the report that we had earlier in the show, make sure you have the right story. And if they, they intended it as a one-off, don't just push it because the ratings are good. Fine. There's tons of other stuff that you can do that will work and start to play off the don't just worry about obi-wan because everyone loves obi-wan if the story's done then end it don't do it however if the story's great and there's more to tell and you really can tell more of it then yeah then i would love to see a season two but if i'm watching it i'm like i don't really know if they need a season two like i don't need a like a boba fett season two why why I, I, I don't care about a Boba Fett season. I'll watch it. But I don't care about it as much, you know. Um, I don't care. But we'll see. But I'll watch it. And hopefully I like it. All right. Thank you for that. Dean Lewis. What up, Dean? Celebrity impression dating game. Could we ever see it come back in some form? I still think it could be its own successful show like Spona. We We talked about doing that at one point. I think somebody wanted to buy it from us. And we didn't want to, Mark and I didn't want to sell it. Um, because we would have lost ownership to it. Um, but then we were going to do more stuff similar to that. But we just didn't have the production power right now. It, I, we just don't have the, we don't have the bandwidth to do it. But, um, and inside of this studio where I'm doing big thing, which I'm still, the goal is to still rehaul this whole studio. I don't know. Maybe potentially to do the dating game if we can figure it out. Um. Yeah, it it's it was a fun bit. It was one of my favorite bits that we did. And I, I what I liked about it was was that everybody except like a few people that came in as guests were really shitty at the impressions. That's kind of what I liked about it. Um, but you never know. It's it's possible. It's possible. Uh, all right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Dennis, Amy, do you think we'll see Leia in Obi Wan series? Yes, I think it's a guarantee. Take it to the bank. Yeah, yeah because because of the Jimmy Smiths. Um, rumor if Jimmy Smith is in it and, they, and they're showing young Luke they're going to show young Leia I bet you he goes to Alderaan and I bet you he's um, and I bet you he, he winds up yeah he winds up seeing her I think so they're going to probably keep it quiet obviously as they should but yeah I think that's uh, I think if, if you're going to take any bets two bets that I would uh, Liam Neeson and Leia those, those are the two that I think are probably probably guaranteed 
Luke Stutter, listening to all the Schmodown after shows recently, what have been things you've enjoyed listening to the shows and constructive criticism you hope for shows to improve on? Um, I don't want to give you guys like, you know, the, I mean, like the only thing that I would say that, I, that I've reached out to a few people is I would just change particular thumbnails, and I've even had to do that for my shows. Um, so people know, I mean, especially the Schmodown community, right? If, if you want the Schmodown community to know that you're doing after shows, just leading with like an obscure title, you know, like even, like even if it's a clever title, like, um, uh, I don't know, um, deception, this, de deception happens, uh, in the studio exclamation point it, it, without the name of what's happening or, or those types of lines, it, uh, it, it's hard to lock people in if there's not a good thumbnail or something, but, um, you know, I, and I reactions were the things that I always looked for when they were happening. And my thing with reactions, the same thing people tell reactors of, of everything is don't talk over it too much, especially if you're not watching it. That drives me nuts when people are watching or they're about to watch the scene and then they start cracking like personal jokes as they're uh, and then I've been watching the scene. I'm like, why are you, why are you reacting to it then? That drives me crazy. Um but other than that, no, I mean, I, I, we talk about some of the, we just did a pre-tape for, um, for Bateman for backstage. that's going to air this week. And we talked about the after shows and, um, and for me, I watch the after shows or listen to the after shows more so for like, and I, I love that everybody analyzes the game and goes into gameplay and all that. I don't listen to that stuff as much because I'm there for the games and I see the games and I'm, I'm not, it's for me, it's not about the, I like to know whether it's the storyline stuff or characters or who, or inside of the sport aspect, who people think should play next, who they want to see match up against each other, those types of things. I love that stuff. Like I, that's the stuff that I listen to the speculation, the conversations. And I, and I listen to, um, I've been listening to, um, the, the let's get ready show any given schmo day. And they do, um, they do phone calls on their show. And I love that because I love listening to the other schmo down, uh, fans, calling in and having like these passionate conversations about so um okay let's see next one mike joyce do you think deadpool 3 will connect to the mcu in some way i do think it will connect i don't think we're going to see i mean there's so many conflicting reports about the doctor strange whether or not he's going to show up people say definitely not people say maybe he will maybe there's a post-credit scene that he shows up in um which is possible but i don't know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna air excuse me I'm going to say that probably he doesn't show up in that, but I will say that um, he, it's, he will connect to the MCU somehow, whether it's now with this new version of X-Men or not. I think he will. I think he will. All right, I think we got a couple more. Evan Bistrom, better sequel, Raid 2 or John Wick 2? A great question. Um, love both of these movies very much, but I'm going to say that Raid 2 is the better sequel because it, all three of the John Wick movies are, are pretty, I mean, they get bigger for sure as as budgets will do but um but there's something i i think that this raid to the story is significantly richer than the first one the first one's awesome it's a great movie it's a great action movie and it's a great the the gimmick is you know go to each level and make your way all the way up and fight different bosses on the way up and it's like a video game right second one's a straight up like gangster godfather type it's a, it's a gangster movie as much as it's a martial arts film, like straight up gangster film. And they have that aspect in, in the first one as well. But there's, I just felt that the second one is, I actually like Raid 2 better than I even like Raid 1, um, which I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or not, but I love that movie. And the, um, 
John Wick Two is a great a great sequel, but they're all all three of them are somewhat similar, um, which isn't a bad thing. But there's something about Raid Two that just is uh, it's a very special sequel. It's one of my favorite sequels, I think. All right, last one, last one. Madi Yoriman, who's some of the comedian comedians that you looked up to when you were getting started? Well, thank you. I, well, I mentioned it's funny. I mentioned Dom. I quoted Dom Herrera this morning. I watched this Rodney Dangerfield. My friend Victor and I, when we were kids, we watched this Dangerfield special all of the time. And it, like when Dice blew up, Dice was on there. We we watched Dice, and you know, twelve year old kids laughing our asses off at Dice. Um, or shit, no, we were younger than that, man. Probably like ten or eleven watching that, yeah. Um, anyway, so Dice was on there. Um, Dom Herrera, who I mentioned when we when I was on Claire Live, we used to play that clip of I don't remember the poor guy's name. The, the, um, it's an illusion. Fuck you. I'm fooling you, and you don't like it. Fuck you. But Bill Hicks, Bill Hicks was a guy who stood out to me right away, um, and he's just such a prolific. He was he was so good, man. So good, but the my favorite, my my biggest influence as comedians, the all time number one was George Carlin, no doubt. Um, Robin Williams, uh, Bill Hicks, Dom Herrera, um, yeah, they were all guys that uh, that I re- and Richard Pryor, they were all guys that I I really enjoyed watching a lot when I was a kid. But Carlin was the first one. My 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 late friend Brian Cascia, um, was the guy who introduced me to Carlin. And I remember just being in awe. It was Carlin at Carnegie. It was 1983. Was the, it, that's not when I watched it, I don't think. I watched it on, like, it, I don't know where. When I must have watched it on VHS. I had to have. He had a laser disc, so, but it wasn't on laser disc. And I, and I don't know how old I was. But no, it certainly wasn't. It wasn't 1983 when I saw it. But it was an older. It, the tape was from 83. Um, anyway, I remember watching him and hearing that kind of language. And I just thought uh, on on TV at that point, and I thought he was just like, oh, this guy's nuts. And he was so funny. He was so goofy and so silly. And I watched every HBO special that came in and that, that popped on HBO that uh, that came out of his. I watched it. And I used to watch a lot of those th- those one-night stands is what they, they called them. And I remember seeing Damon Wayans and, and all those. I used to watch them all the time when I was a kid with my dad and, and with my friend Brian. But anyway, yeah, those are the comedians. All right. Memory lane it is. Okay, listen. If you're brand new to the channel, please subscribe. Hit the notification button. Hit the like button. Do all that stuff, please. A um, lot of great stories here today. Again, rest in peace to uh, to William Hurt. Uh, I hate to say rest in peace to Scott Hall. Um, yeah, but... Legends, man. Legends. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much. If you haven't checked out Friday Night Titans, please give it a chance. If you never, like if it's one of those things like, yeah, I don't really, movie trivia is not my thing, just give the show, give Friday Night Titans a chance and see if you can get it attached to the to the characters and to the storylines. Put my heart, soul, my, my the, the production team is putting their heart and soul, everybody, the talent, like everybody is really putting their heart and soul into this thing and we really want you guys to check it out if you've never seen it before. Give it a shot. Just type in Friday Night Titans to uh, into the YouTube search. It'll pop up, and I'll just put an iCard up here as well, and it'll be one of the last videos that you see. When the videos pop up, it's probably popping up right now. Friday Night Titans Episodes 1 and Episodes 2, they're up now. Episode 3 is coming in. Sam Levine is coming back 
to play, and he's playing the uh, Barbarian in a number one contender match. That happens on Friday, so please go and check it out. All right, guys, thank you so much. really appreciate you. And um, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. All right, we'll see you this Sith Council on Wednesday. Big thing Thursday and Friday. All right, peace. insurance oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous oh, please he's just another rv league educated surgeon with good hair no he's different nurses we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror meet me in the or stat right away doctor. no 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 she's on break i'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little when your rv really needs saving progressive has you covered see if you could save with a leader in rv insurance progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms